Syria Ah fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani for a Super Bowl episode. Big game on Sunday, guys. What did you think? Did you have any Olive Garden nachos at your parties? I didn't have the Olive Garden nachos, but I would really like to point out just how meaningful it is for me, someone who lived in Italy for eight years, that uh, the, how authentic the Olive Garden is becoming. It, it reminded just, you of your time in Rome. Me too, man. Many, <laughs> many, a, many a days and in cafes overlooking the, the, the Tevere. You know, just having lasagna topped nachos. <laughs> Those actually sound pretty good. They they are they are they look pretty darn good. I'm I think nachos were the only thing that weren't at High Son's party. <laughs> and I had just about everything. I think at one point I was pointing around the table. I had uh Domino's pizza, wings, Ugh. I had salsicha with cheese, a uh, bunch of dips for chips. Crab legs, snow crab legs. All right, welcome that's, to Maryland. That's a good one. Peel and eat shrimp, which is always a mainstay at High Sounds party. Yeah, peel and eat shrimp. Then there was a cookies, banana bread. There's more. I, I just can't remember it. Oh, ice cream cake. Ice, ice cream ice, cake. Ice cream cake, yeah, we ice had cream that. Cake. Needless to say, uh, the, the local wastewater management plant was uh, uh, was running uh, yes. full bore the next day. All right, we see and, where you're going there. And then a, and then a bunch of uh, Peyton Manning Budweiser's as well. <laughs> All right, so it sounds like you had a successful party, guys. Uh, what was your favorite part of the game and the commercials, the, the best part for me? I mean, there's there's so much to like about the game. You know, the Eagles taking Tom Brady's best shot, you know, 500 yards, you know, 1,000 touchdowns, and they still come out victorious, and the whole thing basically came down to a strip sack. Um, no no team could do any play any defense. It comes down to a strip sack. Um, but my, I think my two favorite things about it were one, there's going to be mad. Was watching this. There's going to be mad drama revolving uh, around Malcolm Butler, who got benched right before the game, right for mm-hmm. the Patriots, and then just panning to him and hundred million people watching him cry. Um, I was just like, oh, there's there's something just Billichecky behind this, <laughs> just some some like flexing of muscles. And then the other thing too is when Nick Foles pulled it off. I was just like, dude, this is gonna, this is gonna be get messy. You're talking about his Brignoli moment uh, of catching well, the quarterback. No, I mean like the 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 the, the Super Bowl MVP. Just the and game. like, so he essentially is the reason why they won the game, and how you know his joy his choices are he's gonna come back a backup next year um, in Philly. Or he's going to be out on his culo, in which case, the guy who brought you the one thing you wanted the most in your city, the hero of Philadelphia, who beat the guy who usurped a role uh, uh, winning a Super Bowl, usurped the quarterback position winning a Super Bowl, and you're seriously, as a Philadelphian... Gonna be like, yeah, you just just you know, trade him for a third round draft. Yeah, pick. man, I, I don't see that. I don't see how you do that. So not so fast though. So first, I'll say that. My favorite part of the game is whenever I watch a football game, and I watch a decent amount of football throughout the season, and I have a, a, a decent point or I'm into the game, I have my girlfriend, uh, Leanne, always chirping. 
oh, he doesn't even watch football. He doesn't even care. And meanwhile, I'm over here trying to act like I know something. And so continuing on that trend, you know, I, not so fast, Tad. You know, here's a guy who tore his ACL um, in Carson Wentz. You know, I think Nick Foles has a good opportunity to play at half a season, maybe even more, depending on how quickly uh, Carson Wentz recovers. So it wouldn't even do him the disservice to, to – doesn't he have one more year on his contract or something like that? Just stay, yes. you know, play with a team that he just won a Super Bowl with and up his value. He's only 29. Never know. Yeah. Never know. Yeah, Versailles Vers- Vers- that Philly's going to want something for him. If you know, we'll see what happens. But it, more on to Leanne's point, Marco is there correcting the uh, correcting the pronunciation of Amendola. Yeah, there you go. The <laughs> Amendola. There you go. Amendola. Amendola. <laughs> see we that? See that? Yeah, I have pronounced the uh, the chief <laughs> pronunciator. We definitely want to uh, send our well wishes, I guess, to Milan Club Philly, Roma Club Philly, Napoli Club Philly. Following them on Twitter during the game was a lot of Phil, fun. Phil, yep. Philip. Yep, up in Philly. Yep, uh, very appropriate there. Um, but just great for them. Uh, I am, even as a Giants fan, touched by all the uh, people who were saying, you know, they, they had family who didn't get to see this. There's a lot of stories of that. So pretty cool on that end. Uh, we'll see you next season. Go Giants. Well, Philly fans are already starting to be insufferable about this one. Um, I heard uh, Sal Palantonio go off today about how this is way more important than the Cubs winning the World Series. Yeah, and it's no. like, whoa. I was going to mention that, man. It made me harken whoa. back to uh, the Cubs days. Felt the same way about this. Leave it to Philly to take a dump on the uh, on like the greatest thing that's happened in my life sports-wise. <laughs> Leave w- it to within, Sal. Within, within 48 hours. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, and, of course, it's a guy named Sal Palantonio from Philly. <laughs> yeah. Real quick, guys, the commercials. I have to mention the Telemundo dropping the mic, literally dropping the mic in the commercial on uh, the World Cup is coming, 2018. They had some flashes of some uh, teams who will be in the tournament, including Mexico, and just literally at the end, dropped the mic. I thought that was definitely a dig at the U.S. Um, I had credit. Definitely got my attention for the World for uh, Super Bowl commercial. What, what is it? What are they charging for Super Bowl ads? Like a, like a million dollars every thirty seconds I, yeah, or something like that. Five million. I think. Five million every thirty seconds. And Telemundo is spending you know twenty million dollars to troll the U.S. men's national yeah. team. So I mean they they I mean they must be uh, headquartered out of Philly with that with that <laughs> yeah. level of, uh, of of troll nature. I guess yeah. we deserve it. Yeah, guys. Well, hey. I, th- I love that that Sprite and uh, and Doritos commercial with uh, Dinklage and and Morgan Freeman. Thought that was hilarious. I am still scratching my head at that Dodge Ram commercial. Like, uh, yeah, what the, the th- hell was going on there? Like, such a beautiful commercial until the very end. Built to serve. That is like I, that is like Serie A material right there. I think the entire country just kind of turned and looked at each other and was like, Did they just use Dr. King for a Dodge Ram commercial? Have yeah. we looked into Dodge, like the repercussions of this commercial? Has anybody there's, looked into that? There's definitely some, uh, I've seen some articles about it on Twitter. I thought the, the, the clever, I like the ones that they, they carry on, um, you know, like a theme throughout like six commercials. So I really like the Tide commercial. Yeah, that was that good. Everyone, you know, every ad's a Tide commercial, and then they're in Old Spice commercials and all kinds of stuff. So there must be some Umbrella Corporation that owns all of that. Yeah. Tide is doing some work right now, getting their image back up, right? Yeah. How much you want to bet is the Kraft family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they're like, spend it now so it doesn't get taken from us in the pod challenge uh, lawsuits. But uh, uh, but the, the one that had me laughing out loud, cringing and laughing out loud, was the uh, Eli Manning OBJ Dirty Dancing one. 
Yeah. Because I, I, when, I, when I saw it, I was like, I, you know, I was like, is aren't they about ready to, you know, like, isn't this the guy that they benched last year for uh, Geno Smith for a game? Yep. Yeah. Eli still got it. I texted my buddy. I said, if there was any hope of us winning the Super Bowl next year, it's this. Eli and OBJ connecting in dirty dancing mode. So. Yeah. Hey, I, how, how much do you bet they try it? If they win the Super Bowl next year. To actually pull that off in the touchdown celebration Mm -hmm. (laughs) would be impressive if they do. Eli's a year older. I don't know if they could pull that off. (laughs) OBJ is holding him up. Yeah, right, right. So, uh, yeah, great Super Bowl, very entertaining, great commercials. We had a blast. And we'll leave it there with the American Juventus and the Patriots losing to the American underdog guys. We've had a little trouble putting this on one of the Italian teams. We're going with Napoli on this, the American underdog. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's just whoever is the team that beats the Patriots, well, and so like and like Napoli's in the hunt to beat Juventus, and everyone's tired. You know, the people of Juventus fatigue, and people got Patriots fatigue. We're gonna give Phil two wins this week. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. So there's our connection to Syria. Another connection while we head over to the Bel Paese is the Federation guys. We have an interim head coach, Marco. You probably know the most about this. Who have they got? Leading us against England, and I forget whoever the other team is that Italy's playing. Di Biagio, he's uh, got a lot to prove. He didn't do well at the U21 World Cups, and he probably had one of the best youth teams uh, out there. I mean, we were even talking about how many good players were on that squad, and some led by Donnarumma, right? And they just weren't able to get it done. So, uh, again, lots to prove. I think if he gets a couple wins under his belt, it's going to be tough to, to let go of him. Unless, uh, you know, one of the big big coaches frees up. Maybe Conte? I don't know. We'll see. I just I just see this one as being like the scenario of like the FIGC brass are like, you know, in the in the, in the corporate headquarters coffee shop or, or, you know, around the water cooler or, you know, in the cafeteria, wherever it is. And, you know, DiBiagio walks in and he's like, yeah, hey, guys, how you doing? And they're like, oh, yeah, remind me of your name. Ah, DiBiagio. Yeah. What do you do here? Uh, yeah, I coached the U21s. Oh, you're a coach? Yeah. We need a coach, man. How do you feel about like coaching for a little while? It's very true, man. I will continue to say the parallels with U.S. soccer, interim head coach, all of that. We're going through the same things. It's slightly comforting and slightly traumatizing. So uh, we're in good company or bad company, however you look at it with the FIGC. Guys, off we go to week 23. Other than the Super Bowl, we had some Serie A games to cover. Let's go right to it with the rundown. In a shocker, Napoli wins the Derby Della. Hey, man, we're just happy to be here. Benevento. But ADL decides he needs more drama in his life and goes ham on Juve. That's Mirlin Hamsick. Ah. Not Mirlin. Oh, man, I'm going to get... That's a fine... Speaking of the old lady, Juve showing Sassuolo they can give them the Manny, Petty, and Waxing with half their team injured. Inter take another swirl around the toilet bowl and continue to flush their season while Spalletti picks a fight he wishes he did not. Roma win and OTFR lose. Thank God. That is all on that one. And while you're here, here on our podcast, stick around, learn something about the other tables and learn something about mid and bottom table teams that won, drew, or lost. It is the Super Bowl. We are recovering. That's our rundown. <laughs> Anchorman over here. Yeah. We want to remind everybody we've got social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, ASRoma360.com, CurveAmerica.com. Once you find us, Tad, what should they do? 
You know, this one's going to come from the heart this time, guys. On your platform, please subscribe. If you have the ability to rate, give us a great rating. And if you have the ability to comment, give us a nice comment. Please, we need it. Thank you. All right. And on that note, Tad, our shameless beer plug of the week goes to? We got the... Uh, are we doing... Rolling Rock. Oh, we got Rolling Rock this time. Rolling Rock, I don't think I've drank this since college, uh, and it was a fancy beer in college. That's right, um, it was. <laughs> that, uh, there was. There was one kid in, in, in my dorm that bought, like he'd get like a six-pack of Rolling Rock, and everyone else had like a, a 30 of Paps or like Bush Light or Beast Ice or, you know, Keystone. So Rolling Rock, the official beer of that dude that was in my dorm freshman year. All right. Cheers to St. Louis. We hope everyone can sit back, relax, and enjoy week 23 in the Serie A. All right, up first, still on top of the table, we've got a derby. Napoli versus Benevento. This one finished 2-0. First place versus last place, and guess who wins? The derby della, hey man, we're just happy to be here. Marco, you got it. Go ahead. A little chip in action from Mertens, a tap-in goal from Hamsik, and a cameo from Navarre. This game was actually pretty exciting for a first versus last uh, performance, and it just goes to show that Napoli... They got the stamina. They don't give up the, 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 the crap points like Inter or OTFR or Roma. They are really and truly on Juventus's level this season, at least in the league. And, you know, in the end, it was a good game. A lot of drama. You know, when the, whenever the VAR gets involved, you know that uh, there's going to be some questions asked. But overall, uh, Napoli definitely deserved to win this game. Man, in the beginning of the game, when Insigne was going for that chip, you knew that there was going to be some pretty goals com- coming out of this one. And, uh, you know, Mertens just one-ups him and, and gets the beautiful chip inside the, the 18-yard box. Again, he did that last season. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and just, again, this is a team that their starting 11 is the best starting 11 in the league for me. The way they play with their chemistry it's just you always have that question of if one of them gets injured, what happens? At least one of the forwards. Well, every time that there's the slightest of injury scares, everyone is like glancing at the house of cards, or it's like that, you know, the, the, one of the last few Jenga pieces that you push out, uh, you know, because Mertens goes off in this one with an ankle injury, and Callejon, you know, is in doubt for next week. So I mean, the, the, I mean, the talk all around Italy. You know, is the same question coming back and back again. Are they built for this? Can, you know, what happens if there's injury? All this kind of stuff. And they have a tough schedule come up. Maybe they need to be watching more like these Will Smith inspirational videos, uh, yeah. uh, you know, to, to, to make them sure they're right on, right, staying right on track. Yeah, they got uh, some big ones coming up here. We've got OTFR for them coming up. Uh, Going to be tough. And it's always a question of whether they can stay healthy, guys. So we've mentioned uh, there was an ankle injury there for Mertens. We also finished the transfer uh, transfer market, and uh, Napoli didn't do much, guys. What did you think of their uh, their moves or lack thereof? I think more shrewd deal making from ADL. He had a couple players coming through uh, in Gulam and um, Milik 
and Milik that maybe that's maybe that they thought that that's their transfer window right there. They they love being uh, you know shrewd with their money. And again, you know, not only do they have eight OTFR coming up, which I think they're going to handle OTFR, and I'm hoping for that, but they also have Europa League, and I know that their focus is on Serie A, so we'll see who they put out for that game, but it's not against some, you know, random opponent. This is uh, Red Bull, this is Lipsig, and the, the, this team was very good last year. Not going to be a pushover, and, you know, I, I have a, a little bit of concern that they might get embarrassed if they don't take it seriously. And again, you don't need that, especially for the Serie A. But, you know, Napoli just needs to keep rolling with a winning mentality. Napoli is all in on the Scudetto. They they couldn't care less about the Europa League on this one. I think with them, you know, it's it's not like they didn't try to do things in this, in this uh, January transfer window. They got snubbed by Verdi. They had a couple of things, uh, you know, fall through with other players. They're expecting some reinforcements. And, you know... While that might not be the biggest disappointment in the world, but there is just this sense, you know, that like you, you, you can touch it with a feather. And this is like this Napoli team that, yes, if they're all healthy and they're playing, you know, they can win every game and, you know, they can prepare for their Super Bowl against Juventus. You know, I think it's like week 34 um, that, you know, that, that there's there's not going to be much variation to what they're doing. But, uh, uh, you know, I think that they walk away from this one being a bit of a disappointing transfer window. And if you look across the other side to the Derby Delaware, just happened to be here, Benevento rocked the transfer market. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, rocked, I think it's probably evened out for them. You know? By Benevento standards. Right. I, mean, well, like, they, I mean, they give away Chicharetti, who's been dangerous, their most dangerous probably other than Massimo Coda for like two days. Uh, and then Sanya arrives. Sanya? Yeah. Out of nowhere. And what, what, what's going on here? I've seen reports they reach out to Alex Song and uh, Nasri, who are two unemployed, <laughs> you know, former or, you know, world-class players. Wouldn't this be, I mean, you know, I know we hate the, like, the speculations until it happens, but wouldn't this be wild if Sanya, Alex Song, and uh, and Nasri played for Benevento, Ronaldinho and, comes out of retirement, <laughs> and they just, and they pulls them out. Race for seventeenth, baby. Here it comes. They're lining up to be the next Crotone. That will make it interesting for sure. Uh, going back to Napoli, guys. They were definitely in the news. Uh, <laughs> we have to mention they didn't do much on the transfer market. I really like this story, guys. Napoli fans standing outside of the training session saying. Napoli, if you're not going to buy any players, at least the buy, buy the referees out there after this quiet transfer market. So they all lined up uh, in a row as referees and waiting to be bought, which doesn't say much about Serie A. I think it's throwing saying. shade at Juve, though. Yeah, it's right. clever. Yeah, very clever. And uh, so credit to the Napoli fans on that. Um, but speaking of throwing shade on Juve, yeah. ADL, baby. Yeah, the uh, owner of the club here had some strong words for why Napoli didn't have a strong transfer market, putting a lot of blame on Juve because they've got such powerful connections, not only in Italy, but apparently in Europe, according to them. Yeah, they said they're the most powerful family you know, in Italy for the past hundred years. I mean, you know, Juve can definitely mess with you if they want. I mean, that, that's just being a little butthurt on that because I think that they got... 
you know, supposedly gypped out of Politano. Um, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, Juve probably did him a favor not having to shell out 25 mil for Politano. But it's 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 so Gamorra, right, the way he said it, too. He's like, it's not even about the fact that they got the tons of money. It's the rapporti. It's the, it's the connections. Yeah. It made me think of how Leicester City uh, was kind of toying Roma during uh, the summer transfer market of just, now nah, we want 25 million. Now we want 30. Now we want 40. You know, money talks, and so if you've got it, you can play with the market. You can affect other teams who don't have as much. You mean Leicester City, the 15th richest team in the world? That's exactly. Yeah, man. Unbelievable. Greed is real yeah, everywhere. That's right. Go back to this Gamora stuff, though, and I, I'm with you. I love the way ADL talks. He's just out here whining and talking-ish, just talking bleep. And they're like, well, you know, who are you afraid of in, in the Serie A? Like, like, you know, just kind of a common sports question that yeah. like, you know, oh, who do you fear? You know, and he's like, nobody. Like, what do we have to be afraid of in soccer? I made movies in, in the De- Democratic Republic of Congo where your life was on the line. That he's just like, oh, by the way, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fat D gangster that uh, makes movies. That makes movies <laughs> in, 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 in awful places. And like, I'm not afraid to. I'm not. You think I'm afraid of the Agnelli family? <laughs> like, oh, he should bring it. One thing he should be afraid of is losing Sarri at the end of this season because Sarri's really been the glue for this team last two seasons. And some rumors this week about Chelsea going for him, but really, I don't see him as like an EPL coach. I think he loves Italy. He loves rocking that tracksuit, going out there after a nice coffee and and cornetto in the morning. And uh, if he does go somewhere, it'll probably be. Some storied team in Italy, um, but I just see him as a homebody. Yeah, we will see. Uh, he's going to have to learn English there. I don't think it's very good at the moment. So No, he's definitely going to be a person that like will refuse to, to learn the language if he goes to England. Um, uh, you know, I've even seen like PSG. He's just the in vogue coach right now. Yeah. That like... Any, you know, it's the same in the NFL. Like it, it, one of the storylines was, you know, where, where Pat- Patricia and McDaniel's going to go, or like the, the, the head coaching drama. You know, he's going to be linked to everything because he, he's the hot coach right now. And uh, you know, I mean, sorry is a guy that I think you just can't offer enough money for him to wear a suit. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's gonna be a sweatsuit wherever he lands. Yeah, he wouldn't. Yeah, you know, I don't think he wore he wore a tuxedo to his own wedding. I mean, <laughs> like he's gonna be buried in that thing. Yeah. All right, we've got a little bit more Napoli in uh, the next game because it rolls over. Since we're talking about Juventus, our second game of week twenty three, Juve Sassuolo finished seven nothing with Juve dropping a Super Bowl Sunday touchdown on Sassuolo. I'm curious, guys, was anyone else waiting for Juve to tweet out a photo of their sixth Scudetti at the Patriots? The Italian New England Patriots are just that good. So, hey, man, it's tough to get to six New England Patriots. You didn't get yours this year. Yeah, and and Juventus, uh, you know, has has all the connections. Every, you know, everyone who doesn't like them says they're cheaters. And yeah, all that right. kind of, it's the first thing they go to. A lot of parallels, for sure. In this game, uh, Iguain gets a hat trick, and on top of that, four other goals I'm not even going to go over. They just dominated them. Juve continues to be my favorites for the Scudetto because they're just too deep. And some would argue they have two teams. We're going to have more from that later on another coach in the Serie A. Bad news for Juve, Matuidi's out for a month with a high thigh injury, but I think, and Tad brought this up, it's not even going to phase them. They are truly that deep. Yeah, they, I mean, they're, they're going to roll out there with you know some other player that's as good. They're, they have a little bit of an injury trouble right now. Like, you look at this game, all the players that didn't play, 
you know, uh, Matt Tweedy, Douglas Costa, Bernadeschi, you know, um, uh, Paolo Dybala, you know, all these heavy hitters for the team. And they just go out and like, you know, Sassuolo hasn't been a pushover the past, you know, since since Giacchini's come over. That's right. And just Kulo blast. Just yeah. wax them out. Touchdown yeah. score. I mean, Sassuolo is so disappointing. And the most disappointing player on Sassuolo for every time they play you is Berardi who has a chance to show something against his old squad and every time has an issue, has a bad game. Like, what, like what's going on with this guy? We thought that a couple weeks ago, got his first goal in, in run of play. Maybe it was time for him to get back on stage. He's just faded. He's faded out. Yeah, I think flash in the pan. Yeah, right at, here. at this point, we've been, talking, we've been waiting for, for a year and a half. It hasn't happened yet for another breakout. I mean, they're, they're, they have lost some players around him, but to just just to fall off a cliff like he does. He needs to get on that TB12, man. That's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, he, he, at this point, you know, Berardi, he's not even an Italian international. Like, he's going to get a d- denied from the Italian squad like he's Kevin Hart trying to get on the, <laughs> on the, on the, on the, on the Super Bowl stage. <laughs> yeah. well, red alert, guys, here. It's uh, the danger zone is nearing. For Sassuolo. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 17 points and... Was Spall, and then they have 22 points. I mean, they're a couple games out from relegation. And for a team that has, did so well like two seasons ago, you thought they were on the up and up. And then they kind of started turning around this I don't know. It's just, it's just disappointing. But again, goes to show how competitive the table is up and down because they're, they're in the mix down there. I'll say that. Yeah. We will see uh, with Sassuolo. Um Definitely, uh, Giacchini on this one, uh, pulling his hat a little bit further down on his head, uh, the baseball hat-wearing coach in this. For Juve, guys, we mentioned Napoli before in the first game. Juventus clapping back to the Napoli's ADL uh, quotes over the transfer market. So we mentioned how ADL was talking about the Agnelli family. Juve director Marotta saying, ADL is a movie man and, quote, likes to put on a show. These comments mean nothing. So Juventus not having all this talk of ADL saying we're we're that powerful that we're affecting thing. What do you guys think? Is it just should Juve just own this and say, look, yeah, we're Juventus, we do this thing like the Yankees for baseball. Like, look, we're we're a powerful team. We know it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like fight me, bro. Like, you know, win a Scudetto and then talk to me. Other than yeah. that, you're just some you're just some guy running his mouth. Yeah, you know, watched a few two episodes, many episodes of Gamora down there. You know, ADL like. And, and I would even, you know, if I, if, if I were somebody on Juventus, I'd even take it a step further. It's like, you sweating it, huh? Yeah, you hear, right. you, I would you, say... If, you hear us coming behind you. Yeah. I would say, if you're so good at making movies, you should come make a documentary on the past seven seasons of ours. <laughs> Which, by the way, Mark, Burn. is uh, coming out with Juve on Netflix. We've been waiting to talk about that. Juventus does, in fact, have a Netflix team. Notice how I said seven seasons. Ah. Hmm? Mm. Hmm? Some foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, that's all uh, coming up. Very quickly on Sassuolo, we'll mention their, their transfer market, right? Uh, we've got a Babacar Falcinelli swap. Tad, you got the favorite one, the Dirty Rooster. Where's he off to? Uh, he's off to Fiorentina. That's right. He's going he's gonna to be rocking that purple jump. So we'll be talking about that in the Fiorentina section. And Babacar coming down to Sassuolo. All right, so there we go. Juventus dropping a touchdown on Sassuolo. On to the third game. We've got OTFR playing Genoa. This one finished 2-1 in the other team from Bowl, the OTF Bowl. 
and the Garden State pulls off a huge upset in stoppage time. Happy to see that for OTF Genoa. High fives around the podcast. High fives around the the podcast. Well, Chris, you get fined because in the OTF Bowl, it's OTFR versus OTF Genoa. (laughs) But I threw a little Garden State for you on this one because we do get to see a brief appearance in this section by Giuseppe Rossi. Um, 2-1. Shocker. 2-1. OTF Genoa on the road. Withstands 18-5 in shots. To beat OTFR, who Marco at the Super Bowl party was like, dude, how nice is OTFR this year? I'm like, you shut your mouth. (laughs) But he's just like, you know, apparently Marco's not making movies in Africa um, because he's like, I'm a little afraid of him, man. Yeah, he's he's a little little worried. Um, But, you know, OTFR, fourth game in two weeks. You're not even going to give me a chance to say anything about that. No, you're scared. All right. All right. You, you should you should have, you should have kept those. That's you can talk to Leanne about that, so she can blow up your spot. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, you know, lose at home fourth game in two weeks. Yeah, don't win an eighteen to five shots. Um, yeah, the question is you know, OTFR. Yeah, they didn't have Milinkovic Savic in this one, but Immobile, Luis Alberto just signed a contract extension today. You know, are they built for this? I think we're pretty. Are they built for this? The question is: Are they built tough like Ram? Yeah. (laughs) Are are they built to serve? (laughs) Yeah. Are they built for champions? I think Ratlich got a new Dodge Ram this week. (laughs) The uh, for sure the uh, they are facing another Napoli situation with not having enough players. I think Uh, same thing we've been saying for Mertens. We could say to Immobile if he goes down, boy, that's a different season. Yeah, I mean, I just think that OTFR is, they're, they're a little deeper. And I think that this one is just straight up fatigue. Like, you know, they got, they got caught by an OTF Genoa team, um, you know, maybe overlooking them a little bit. You know, they've been, you know, smelling their farts a little bit too much because they've been just ripping people left and right. And, uh, you know, that's why the Serie A is interesting is, you know, you can have a, you can have Brignoli head in one for, you know, uh, uh, Benevento's first point and, yeah, you know, not to be cheesy, but you know, any given weekend, a, a team, or I guess this one being a Monday, you know, so, somebody can get caught on this one. But the answer to the question is OTFR is still really good. Or riffraff, the Eagle Slayer. Yeah, he uh, definitely had. He actually had two goals in this one, right? The first one got disallowed, but then he did ultimately get the winner. The riffraff element to this one is so perfect because if you ask me for the game, I mean, did we even say it last week? If you ask me for the game, who do you who do I want to be? You know, pluck the Pluck the feathers of the of the eagle. Um, that would be Riff Raff. Oh yeah. If you, for those of you who don't know who Riff Raff is, um, he is Diego Lex Salt. If you don't know who we're referring to in Riff Raff, go ahead and put that in your uh, in, in in your Google search or in YouTube and just enjoy yourself. Get go down that rabbit hole. Well, but what about Casares this game? He had a a lot of ups and downs. First, he gets the assist to Parolo. Then he gets bodied by his fellow countrymen in the last second of the game on his debut. And, uh, you know, again, OTFR taking the loss. We're all sitting there like, don't say anything. Do not get too excited. This is one win closer to OTFR right now. I'm so sorry to say that, you know, Roma just needs to check themselves before they wreck themselves. Bavar's playing a huge role in this one as well. And, you know, so much so that the, the goal, you're saying the goal that got disallowed. Giuseppe Rossi taking to Twitter, 
Um, you know, why do we bring that up? Is because Giuseppe Rossi's an American, you know, one of two Americans in the Serie A. Um, consistently, anyways. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, you know, he's, he's going ham on Twitter. Everyone says, hey, that's, you know, that's a goal. Laxalt ultimately gets it. But the almighty VAR, the Lord on high VAR, <laughs> gives with one hand and takes away with the other. Um, you know, with, with this stuff to lax up. But all I got to say about this one is, you know, VAR, it, it, in this one, it was working for OTFR. That's right. They got the goal disallowed. So that whole running narrative doesn't work in this game because this the first goal got disallowed. So. So, so maybe sometimes you just lose games, OTFR. Where's the brass on this one being like, oh, no, it kind of helped us this time. Yeah. We, we just lost it on the field. Well, speaking of the brass... You've got them running for office in Lotito, uh, follow, pulling a playbook out of uh, a play out of Berlusconi's playbook here. Lotito, you know, riding the coattails of his man Berlusconi. He's running for office. I can't really like, I, I can't really explain to you what kind of office he's running for because I don't understand it myself. But he's running for public. He's going to be comptroller of the 5th district of Rome. Right. And his whole his whole speech is, you know, same as Berlusconi, same as Donald Trump. I'm good at business. So I sh- I'm going to I want to run Italy the way what, I run OTF. The way I run my business. And you know, to be fair with him, he has done a pretty good job uh, uh, with OTFR. But he bought the team back in 2004 when the team was just in huge amounts of debt and on the verge of bankruptcy. The main thing he did was they had $140 million owned to the Italian government, and he got this payment plan to span it out over the course of 23 years. 2004. Who was the prime minister of Italy then? Probably Berlusconi. Yeah. So, the one, the only. Silvio Berlusconi. I believe this was his stint that he got thrown out for buying a yacht with, with, uh, with tax dollars. Uh, I think that was the kick out, the, the reason he got booted on this one. Um, but you know now he's that thing was not forgotten, and he's now going to run in Berlusconi's party, and you know we, we could we could be seen, uh, you know if, if if he becomes the comptroller of the fifth district of Rome, perhaps uh, uh, public transportation strikes or you know uh, leaky fire hydrants outside the stadium during uh, Roma home games. So maybe he uses influence like that. <laughs> Free rent for life for Asato, I imagine. We will see how Italians decide in the polls whether OTFR deserves a place in public office. Up next, guys, we've got Inter and Crotone. This one finished 1-1. Inter is on fire. Seriously, someone get a bucket and put them out. The bad kind of fire. Marco, what do you got for us here? Yeah, you know, Inter, you know that if your lone goal being scored during the game is Eder on a corner kick, you're desperately in search of goals over the last couple seasons games this i think this is five or six ties in a row something unbelievable it's nuts. It's, they haven't they haven't won since december 3rd and then it's like seven ties in a row and we look at the last four at least and it's just tie 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 one 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 it's crazy that this team that was so hot at the beginning of the year with no other competitions by the way is just just absolutely free falling right now and everything is going bad right now. Icardi this this week with the social media scandal, and you know, Chris, I got to use some props here. I, you know, I thought this whole Real Madrid thing was kind of uh, just smoke, but it, it looks to have a little bit of uh, a little bit of weight now that uh, you now know that the he, transfer market's over. Well, we sure, he puts out this crazy, uh, 
Instagram post about, you know, sometimes you just have to say goodbye. Then there's this thing with Perisic and Brozovic. They did the ultimate, you know, the ultimate, they dropped the hammer on him with the unfollow. You know, these days, that's that's worse than saying anything. And uh, didn't play this game, Icardi. So there's only one thing that can happen right now. And I think that it, there has to be questions for Spalletti. You have a good team. What the heck is going on? Yeah, the Icardi drama, uh, when you're not winning, he's uh, everyone's uh, uh, enemy. When they are winning, he's everybody's hero, for sure. But uh, Spalletti, I think, is the bigger story for this week with them, particularly after today. Apparently, after the Roma Inter game a few weeks ago, uh, some Roma fans did uh, come up to Spalletti and ask him about just what's going on. And, uh, Tad, you probably read it closely, the most close. What uh, did you say? Yeah, well, first of all, he... Talked a little ish about uh, the Ray di Roma. Francesco Totti said he couldn't run anymore because he couldn't run. Um, you know, he couldn't play other players around. He couldn't. You know, the other the other players were not going to be play as well around it. And I was like, whoa, that's. I mean, you're you're dropping you're dropping truth bombs on just some random fans coming up on you, man. Like, like just right. let the man be. Right. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, basically that he's saying that Roma and Inter are just on, you know, like the brink of madness at all times. That, uh, you know, if, if anything bad happens, uh, you know, they're engulfed in flames and, you know, are screaming for people's jobs. Um, so it basically just taking like zero responsibility and then talking trash about his own team's fan bases. So. Though tr- truly not, you know, completely unfounded a statement with Roma. You know, at any, at any point, Roma is kind of very they're very volatile i mean it's it's crazy um he but, also said with inter that uh you know he, he followed up today as obviously this became a big story in italy that uh um look i didn't say anything bad I just uh, you we all know that the transfer market for inter they're not going to make big moves that's a fact and so this isn't this shouldn't be a big deal but hey man look that's uh this is going to be a big story if this gets out so i hear what he's saying i also see why this is a big story in the media yeah, I mean, you got to go Bilicek, man. Just don't say anything. Yeah, just mm-hmm. be boring just and, be, and political, which I have given Spalletti for in the past that he knows how to work the press. But, you know, any word you say out in the streets or something, it's going to come back to bite you. That's just, like, it's just the world we live in now, I guess. Guys, Crotone in one word right now. Crotone Nation is, is what? Omar. You come at the king, you best not miss. <laughs> <laughs> Crotone, man. Big fans of Crotone Nation. I... They, so Inter beat them earlier in the season, but when Crotone started to make their crazy run to stay up last year, they had a victory against Inter. So I guess later in the season, Crotone, they're a tough game for Inter. I'm, I'm happy with it. Race for 17th, firmly in place. Crotone fans are anxious. Crotone fan, Crotone Nation is anxious because... You know, it could slip away from can can lightning strike twice again. You know, they they're getting in their own head because you know they, they got to do a lot of work to stay up. Spall's kind of surging a little bit. It's probably gonna be five or six teams that fight for those other two st- spots. So without Davide Nicola, That's they're right. being you know offering to uh, uh, you know bike across Italy should they win. I don't know what they're gonna do. You know, for this one, uh, uh, maybe they'll they'll go the the Philly fans route and eat horse poop. Oh, that was terrible. That was the worst highlight of the Super Bowl for sure. I'm going to say confused because if you look at their last results, only lose one nothing to Napoli, then they 
almost squeak out a, a draw, but lose one nothing to AC Milan, three nothing against Elas, one one against Cagliari, uh, a, a Cagliari with a man down, and then one one against uh, Inter. So confused is where I'm getting at, but anxious is good too. I like that. Omar, baby, I win that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. So Inter, it's going to be a tough one there. Uh, see what Spalletti reacts to in week 24. See if they can right the ship there. On to game five with Roma and Hellas Verona. Finished one nothing in Roma's favor. Still only one goal scored, but it was the win we all needed. Nice to hear Antonelli's Vendetti's Grazie Roma again, even if it took place at 8 a.m. in the morning on a Sunday. Guys, we'll start off first things first. We broke a slump with a W. Still not scoring goals, but how good did this feel? It mean, absolutely. It, 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 when I get in my mental state of, you know, 1-0 to Ellis, we should be crushing them, and we didn't do in our chances. You know, we didn't, we didn't convert all our chances. I think as to what I'd be feeling like if this was 1-1 or we lost like we did to Sampdoria. So just getting the win living to fight another day, especially when we already knew that Inter, uh, you know, had drawn, they had, had had a draw. And so, you know, the team was able to come through and actually have a victory. It's, it, it definitely was, it, it was a relief, a feeling of relief. I was just, I almost didn't want to look at the score. You know, I, I unfortunately uh, was not able to catch this game, but I did tell myself I am not going to follow this thing minute by minute just because so far, every time I've done that, it hasn't gone well. So a little scaramancia, guys. But I had the lucky shirt on. And, uh, I, you I know, was there just, with you, though, man. Just looking at the end of the game, and I was like, oh, thank God. So, the, yeah, for us on the East Coast here, for a 6.30 start, you know, waking up on Sunday morning, you reach for the phone and get the update. Is it an expectation of, ah, it probably went well, went well, or, oh, God, this is going to ruin my morning already? I was definitely waking up with some dread. I, it's a draw or, or not I, a loss, but probably a draw. I woke up and watched the game, and I happened to turn it on the second minute, and Jenga Sender had already scored. Um, so you, know, you, you talk about the lack of goals on this one. It's it's a problem. Roma has basically forgotten how to score without this this you know amazing strike created you know totally individually by one player. This is a zero zero draw. Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, to, to Ellis, uh, granted it away, but, um, you know, Ellis is, uh, yeah, fresh off their thrashing of Fiorentina. Um, Roma, you know, just, just they haven't been able to figure out how to score. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not for lack of a lot of these players playing well. I mean, Ed and Dzeko, I thought was really good in this game. You know, he was, he was tracking back. He was winning the ball at midfield. You know, he was bodying the whole Ellis uh, 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 Verona team and, you know, getting himself in dangerous positions, just couldn't score. And, you know, he got crucified on Twitter because, you know, DeFrel came in and, and, and had an impact. So, you know, you talk about Marco and Roma fans, you know, just, just kind of blowing with the wind. Yeah. You know, no one could say anything nice about DeFrel. And now it's like, have Def- let's, let's run DeFrel out at center forward and, you know, exactly. and, and, put, and put Jekyll on the bench um, after... You know, he he he's come out and said he's Roma's his family and all this kind of stuff. I thought he, I thought he played pretty well. Yeah, but you know, again, just haven't scored more than one goal since December first against oh, yeah. Spal. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's tough. It's no, terrible. Unacceptable. Really. Yeah. Unacceptable. There you go. That's, That's the when you, when you want something done, you just gotta start using throwing around the word unacceptable. <laughs> it's it's assertive. 
but not uh, not profane, right. um, not overly aggressive. It's it's. I'm telling you how I feel. Like I'm, I might not be mad. I might not be, you know, overly passionate. This is unacceptable. I think it's a little passive aggressive. I'll take it. The uh, you make a good point, Ted. This goal happened in the first minute. So basically, Roma playing Ben don't break for 89 minutes into this one with a red card too. With a red card, exactly. We go down to 10 men because of Pellegrini's red. And we still managed to pull it out. So I give some. We got to give Roma some credit on that. If if this is truly a bend don't break situation, we didn't break, which is good. Also got to turn and look at EDF's tactics on this one because you're right. We haven't scored more than one goal in the past two months. EDF, the man at the helm, is he going to change his tactics? Tactics, guys. What did you think on this? Well, that was the most. Um, I would say optimistic thing to take away from this game is that EDF got away from the, uh, the just doing the straight up 4-3-3 like he's always done. And I mean, the writing's on the wall on that. It, you know, somebody must in, in the building must pull him aside and been like, bro, bro, yeah. <laughs> something's got to give. Like, we're not getting any more players in this transfer market or anything like that. Like, you need to come up with, with something that's going to change this up. Now, it didn't result in an unpouring of goals, but it did result in a victory. But you know, we have to we have to be willing to switch it up to like a four two three one, like like uh, uh, um, EDF did in this one because we're just not getting enough out of our big talents like Nanglin and Strutman and Jeco, and we're just completely out of ideas. Yep, and his counter to that is that hey, my tactics won us the Champions League group, but. That was a long time ago. I think uh, uh, it's fair to say, well, maybe you're right. Uh, we, we should uh, change up tactics to get more results. What have you done for me lately? Exactly. Like, you're going to be trotting that one out? Yep, that's right. Champions League uh, happened way back in the fall. That's enough of that. How are you going to fire me when I, you know, in, in 2001, yeah. Yeah. I won, I helped you win a Scudetto. Save Sassuolo. <laughs> right, exactly. How about, guys, the state of Roma as a whole here? We've got fifth place. Not very happy about that, but I will say, give credit to Monchi here, taking ownership of that, which, hey, look, for a general manager, I'm pretty happy about that, that uh, he's taking ownership. Transfer market, we did balance our books, which even us in the group chat saying, man, how much debt does Roma really have if we just keep seeming to sell players and not get much back, but our books are balanced? It's like we were willing to almost sell our two best players in this one, and for what? It felt like a punch in the gut. But they didn't, you know, I think uh, just goes to show, Chris, that I think you're right about this transfer market. It's like everybody on in Roma Club was an expert about, oh, where is Jekyll going? Oh, Nangle on the deal, this and that, including myself. I was I was out there saying it made a lot of sense to sell Jekyll. You know, looking back, seeing how Napoli wasn't able to get Politano or, or even Verdi, like it's just the tr- January transfer window, unless you are tossing around so much money, is basically just for picking up some random players, like just to slightly boost. You don't pick up, you know, superstars unless you're in the Premier League. Very true. Um, yeah, so we didn't sell Checo. Uh, Nangolan, I thought, uh, ready to put a number four on some of my Roma jerseys here, willing to sign a lifelong contract. Given all the uh, uh, problems we've had in the past few weeks with Nangolan, uh, with the smoking stuff, I, I thought that was cool for him to come out and say that. I don't know if it's politicking or not, but uh, Nangolin continues to be one of my favorites. Someone who's definitely not one of our favorites right now is Bruno Parrish, guys. This came out this week. 
He was in a car accident, a brand new Lamborghini he totaled while he was drunk driving through the streets of Rome and got fined for it. Boy, did he ever. Apparently, there's talk of him giving, having to give up 30% of his salary. We're not sure if that's weekly or annual. Uh, we're going back and forth on that. And uh, also talk of uh, selling him in the transfer markets that are still open, whether that be Russia or Brazil. Parallels to the Nangolin situation, guys. Nangolin, remember, had a $100,000 fine and uh, was suspended for one game because of his uh, uh, smoking on New Year's Eve. This is definitely on top of that for actually breaking the law for Bruno Paris, no? Yeah. Uh, first of all, I was blown away that Bruno Paris drives a Lamborghini. Um, <laughs> I, think I we all always, were. I always thought he's, I mean, I just for some reason pictured him driving a Prius. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he this does, is he does go un, he does go full speed ahead and is usually uncontrollable. Yeah, but I just I, I you know, getting wasted and driving a car with seven hundred horsepower, you know, through the streets of Rome. Yeah, that's not gonna that's not gonna end well for you. And totally in a, a Lamborghini, you know, like the side view mirror broke off or something like that. But right. also also another opportunity to use the word unacceptable. Yes, unacceptable. But, you know, this is essentially the death sentence for Bruno Parrish um, at Roma. They're going to try and dump him. If they can't dump him in one of these transfer windows now, he's, he's gone in, in, um, in the summer. Uh, you know, he really hasn't seen much playing time at all. Um, so, you know, th- and then a huge fine like this, like he's going to be super unhappy. I mean, once you get over, you know, he might be feeling a lot of shame right now and be like, you know, hey, I got a problem or, you know, whatever, and, you know, seek help. But... Two months from now, if you're still on Roma and your paychecks cut thirty percent, like it's 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 going to make you really angry and unsettled. My thing on this is, you know, it's really hard to like advocate. We can all get up here on our soapbox and be like, you know, bad Bruno Parrish, bad Bruno Parrish. This is your second offense. You deserve whatever you get. All that kind of stuff. But for me, it's. For me, I just don't like this continued precedent of Roma just dropping the hammer on its own players. That, like, it's already hard enough for Roma to try and attract the talent that it needs. Um, and, you know, yeah, we're not going to go out and be signing, the, you know, the big... I mean, I guess we're going to go out and sign young players for $40 million and stuff like that. But, you know, people are going to start to look at Roma and be like, wait a minute, in a couple months, did these guys just fine you know, their players, like $600,000, two guys, like $600,000. So I, I would like to be, you know, known for something other than if you go there, they're going to be really strict on you. And if you make mistakes, they're going to take huge ch- sums of money from you. Yeah. And to me, like, yeah, Bruno Parrish is in the wrong. Yes, he should be punished. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm totally fine with, with just selling him. Be like, hey, you're not our problem anymore. Kicking him off the team, terminating his contract, all that kind of stuff. But to come out with just another, like, super heavy-handed fine, it, it, it just get. I think it sends the wrong message to anybody that might potentially want to come play at Roma. Yeah, I think Roma didn't have a choice in this after the Nangolin stuff, right? You're just Yeah, they backed themselves in a corner. Yeah, so. you had to go big here because of how, how strongly you, you went against Nangolin. But... Uh, believe in redemption. Uh, I'll continue to say that, but um, this just isn't good for the club. I get what Roma's trying to do. I want it to be a serious club where serious players want to come to, but this um, excessive, excessive uh, fines, I, I, it, it's too much. I mean, 30% of anyone's salary, uh, that just seems like a lot. I, I, I don't know how that works. Come on, Bruno. Yeah. Last thing we got to say about our beloved Roma here. Toti, in the news again. Still got it, playing soccer up in a Russia charity game. 
had a brace in this one, guys. You see the goals? What'd you think of Toti? Still got it or not? The free kick goal was unreal. It was unreal. And like the the one thing that struck me about it is he scores and he just like kind of walks away like it didn't mean anything. And like nobody went up and like dapped him up or anything like that. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. It means nothing. And Toti no longer plays for Roma. And he is not, he, all of the joy of soccer is taken away from him. Yeah. Comes out and says he was, de- you know, he, he went in depression after this. Spalletti's taking shots at him. Can't the man just enjoy a free kick who? in a Legends game? Who? Spalletti who? Yeah, right. He doesn't know. That's uh, afterwards, uh, Totti interviewed uh, when he was seeing the photo of Spalletti. said, I don't know who that is. <laughs> so the drama continues. That finishes up with Roma. We'll take a quick break and finish off week 23. Up first after the break, Sampdoria Torino. This one finished 1-1. The Bulls of Torino managed to grit out a 1-1 draw after going down 10 men on the road. Go ahead, Tad. First thing I gotta say about Samp, uh, this game is Samp. Like they 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 take uh four out of the six points against Roma, and you know, then they they play at home against Torino against a 10-man team, and they draw 1-1. Just goes to show. Anything can happen. Yeah, up and down season. Yeah, I mean, Torino, since they've had uh, Mazzotti come back to the helm, um, actually is unbeaten. So a, a renewed vigor for the grit of Torino. And this new coach, Mazzari, you know, he's, he's been around. Um, he was a player in, uh, uh, for a couple of Serie A teams. Um, he used to coach uh, Napoli, actually, for like four seasons. He used to coach Inter um, when they were you know firing a coach a week in like 2013, 2014. Um, you know, he's had a Watford appearance here and there. But uh, so, you know, he's been around. But, you know, we're, we're talking about Miha, uh, you know, basically being the Bobby Knight of the uh, of the Serie A. Um, you know, Metsadi's not that far off. You know, he smokes cigarettes on the bench. Um, he's basically just like Miha with a better tailor and barber. Like, he's just, like, good-looking Miha. Like, Miha always looks like he stuck his finger in the electrical socket. And, you know, uh, 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 Metsadi looks like a combination of uh alec baldwin and dustin hoffman just a handsome dude alec hoffman all right i'd like that. to look like that dustin yeah. baldwin yeah so good old walter baldwin here um you know has brought that grinta back to the serie uh um rocking the suits looking good um but in this one you know you say why he's like mijas because he got boot skied from the game as well um sarcastically clapped at the ref and uh, used some seriously offensive language. That was nice. what the, that's what the what the referee's report said, and I just love that. Yep, just like Torino just, in a nutshell. Yeah, the uh, the the sarcastic clap, and the guy's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" He's probably like, "You know, mortashi tua," yeah. um, and 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 that was that. Uh, so get, gets the boot ski, and I you know I I really would have liked to see him throw a chair onto the field, just continue on that tradition, and then pull out a mirror and sweep his hair back. Only thing I want to say about this game is Lucas Torreira, man. He yeah. is going to go for some serious dough at the end of the season, especially he's scoring free kicks, man. Yeah. He's got the World Cup coming up, too, with Uruguay. He's an exciting prospect. And he's adorable with braces. He looks like he's 14 years old. <laughs> Hopefully he comes to Roma for a marginal sum of money. 
All right. That wraps up that game. On to game seven. We got Milan versus Udinese. This one finished 1-1. The old Serie A teammates go up against each other for the first time in Calcio history. Those two coaches. Marco, what do you got? I believe that's a stat. I believe that's a stat. First time two two ex-players play against each other or coach against each other. Anyways, uh, fire ex, and ice. Ex-teammates? Ex-teammates, okay. yeah. The, thank you. Uh, fire and ice in this one, guys. Two opposing styles. We got ice cold, cool as a cucumber, Massimo, though, even though he looks like he doesn't sleep at night. Uh, and then we all know Rino Gattuso, head-butting assistant coaches on the sideline. Uh, during his playing days, so yeah, Gattuso, he's he has to fight in a fight club, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> he is he's big time. He's doing some big things here at Milan, and honestly, I do not think a one-one draw against Udinese is all too bad. Like I think they're looking at this game like, oh, wish we could have kept winning, but Udinese has had some decent results this season. Um, big story here, though, guys. Gijo. Oh my Girl, god. Donnarumma, not so good anymore. He's had a crazy season. I mean, ups and downs is to say the least. More downs than ups, I would say. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe the the pressure's getting to him. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it's just the whole season's kind of been going that way anyways. I'd I say, mean, thank God it's not a contract here, but it's soccer, right? Every year is a contract. Every year is a contract. <laughs> yeah, and also like he costs them the three points in this game. Like yeah. now he's caught. I mean, it's not the first time he's cost them games, and so yeah. I mean, how many more as a Milan fan for this season? I mean, if I were him, I would still lock him up forever sure. if you could. But how many for this season? If you're a Milan fan, can you have that big dopey guy? You know, start crying into his shirt. You know, on, on national TV. Yeah, people are definitely starting to look at some other goalkeepers that are up and coming. So. Uh, Donnarumma's place as the secured spot for the new Buffon. Yeah, Maybe but up so. and coming, man. He like defines up and coming. He's <laughs> yeah, like right. still 19. So still a teenager, right? He'll be okay. He'll be okay. Guys, Gattuso, putting some things into perspective here, like I said earlier, comparing his beard to Milan's play, saying that, you know, they're both a little ugly. Uh, you know, just really... Uh, he, he's, he's, he's highlighting the fact that Milan's getting all pumped up about this recent results. But the fact of the matter is a Champions League at this moment in time is a huge stretch. Despite Roma and Inter and OTFR being very inconsistent, uh, you know, Gattuso, I think, has the right perspective here. I loved his Brad Pitt quote where he says, look, we're not Brad Pitt. We got to win ugly, just like me sometimes, which uh, Gattuso continues to be the gift that keeps giving. like to see stuff like that. How many shirts in Gattuso's closet do you think have all the buttons missing from them from him ripping it off when yeah. he's done at the end of the day just by like watching tv or something you yeah. know just i have a fond memory of him doing interview after they won the world cup and mid-interview he stops the interview and he goes he looks at himself through i guess the screen that was projecting their interview and he goes am i really that ugly <laughs> <laughs> uh strange thing to hear from an italian uh yeah some uh, soccer, some uh, stadium news, guys, as well. I found this. Inter and AC Milan uh, both agreeing to reinvest in the San Siro or Giuseppe Miazza, whatever you want to call it. So uh, stadiums continue to grow in the Serie A. I guess that's good. Um, they don't, do they own it? They don't own their stadium. No, right? the city does. So uh, city still owns uh, uh, that stadium. So that's going to be a deterrent, I guess, for future. Uh, but hey, at least they're investing. It'll be a nice place to watch a game. Already is. Good point. Up next, guys, we've got our eighth game is Atalanta and Chievo. This one finished one nothing. 
Atalanta continues to be the story, winning this game. And they rise to seventh place, but they're just comfortable. They're comfortably close to the Europa spots. And uh, they're cool as the other side of the pillow, if I can do a little Sports Center reference there. They're just enough getting by. Plus, on top of that, they're killing it in Europa, winning their group. It's like uh, they're the version of Tom Brady in the fourth quarter, other than this most recent Super Bowl, that just leave me the last two minutes. I'll finish strong. That's all we need. We will win this game. They've won three of their last four. And in this one, it was a VAR goal. It's originally disallowed, but upon further review, the goal is allowed to stand in the 70th minute, just like that Ertz touchdown, I guess. That's a VAR goal. That's when the, the VAR score, scores. Yeah, exactly. Um, injuries are factor for Atalanta in this one. No Papu Gomez, no Caldara. For Kievo, they had the similar uh, uh, responses on that. They feel like they're hurt uh, in this game. Ilmister Maran feels that crotchety old Kievo, just they, they have a lot of players out, and that's going to hurt them. They did have Jacarini in this one. He did start, but uh, Kievo, the joke writes itself, guys. They're old, and they don't have enough players. It's a good thing that, that uh, Atalanta's had a couple good results here um, because they're about to run into the thick of the season, and they're going to be playing Dortmund twice. They're going to be playing Fiorentina and then Juve. It's just it's going to be crazy. So, uh, And in Coppa Italia, they're playing Juve as well. After that, they play Sampdoria. So no breaks. No breaks at all. And it's a good thing they're coming out on in a high because they got some tough matches. Well, we, they all, everyone's got to play the top of the table teams. It looks like no one's taking points away from Napoli and Juventus right now. Um, but Sampdoria, that's the one they should circle on their calendar and say this one's a must-in right there. Because if, you know, if, if, uh, if Atalanta is Tom Brady in the fourth quarter, I would say this season Sampdoria is a strip sack. So uh, they need they need to circle that one and win it. Sorry, New England podcast Paisani, to remind you of that. <laughs> hey, our favorite team is owned by Bostonians. That's so. true. That is very. And true. I'm also a Liverpool fan. So. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I got mad street cred in Boston. Dude. That's right. A pe- lot of pe- connections. People and and my name is Thomas Burns. Yeah. Man, I fit right in you in the South Side. Yep, since you are Irish. <laughs> All right. You can't, t- you can't tell by my eternally red face. <laughs> Up next, guys, we've got Fiorentina and Bologna. This one finished 2-1 for Fiorentina. La Viola bounced back with a road win over Team Meat Sauce. Tad, give it to Marco's Meat Sauce team. Yeah, this is the most mid table game <laughs> a mid-table can offer. After the game's done, their teams are uh, 10th and 11th on the table or 11th and 12th on the table. So good old-fashioned you know, uh, 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 Reds versus Royals game or something like that. Like, uh, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, if, if, if you're going to, if you're going to tout this one, you know, Fiorentina versus Bologna at this point of the season is like a, a drag race between a RAV4 and a CRV. You're like, it's a good car. Right. But it doesn't have a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and occasionally you might throw the keys to a, to a professional race car driver when case is playing well. Um, I just got to say, what I don't get is Fiorentina lose at big at home in their purple uniforms last week to Ellis Verona, and now they're winning on the road in green when they can't buy a win in that. (laughs) Just who is this Fiorentina? Yeah, it's uh, all about the colors for them. It continues to be. They're a team that needs to pick it up. That's all I got to say. Well, we're going to find out who they are. Uh, this weekend against Juventus, which Juventus is in full salon mode. 
the waxing appointments are open and they've penciled in Fiorentina for next weekend. The only thing I really know about uh, Fiorentina is that Pioli, again, with the, with the purple turtleneck and the blazer. Looking sharp as always. I mean, he, he, he looks like he, list, like he makes love to Kenny G music with his eyes closed and swaying. <laughs> Um, well, they do have to bounce back. We, we talked last week, right, that uh, fans protesting left the game mid-game and immediately protested right outside that they needed this one. They got a tough one, you're saying, against Juventus here. With, with, with that scenario playing out, they needed to win this game for their fans. Well, if they're going to make any noise against Juventus or if they're going to climb the table at all or they're going to put in any more of these efforts, it's going to have to be Case that does it. He is the fact... He's the Factor in this one seems like every every week, the twenty year old's taken another step towards you know just being the man, and in this one his left stroke just went viral, mm-hmm. you know put team meat sauce in a spiral, um, but yeah he's the difference maker in this one. The last thing I got for these guys, uh, well actually one more thing on um, on Bologna, you guys see that Donadoni and Destro their relationship is irreparable. Ouch! You know that that one of them's gonna have to go. Yeah. So you got you got you got Donadoni in one hand, your coach, and Mattia Destro on the other. In the other hand, who, I mean, like, who are you going with? Which 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 Merida burger are you taking a bite out of? Yeah, it's not a lock for that. I know where my loyalties lie with the former Metro star and Donadoni, but uh, neither of those I'd say are are yeah. not expendable. It, it is <laughs> it is not the LeBron Cleveland Cavaliers situation. Exactly. I think I think send even, them both walking. Yeah, I think that I think that's the and you heard it there from the mayor of the downstairs restrooms of the Bologna train station, and I think that's probably what everyone there is thinking. Um, the last bit is, you know, maybe the, the sexiest transfer news to happen in the mid-table. The Babacar for Falcinelli uh, uh, swap. Our friends over at Viola Nation, not happy with this. Yeah, long-suffering uh, forward there. They're uh, sad to see him go. Feels like the club really kind of shortchanged him, always bringing in a new flavor of the week. Yeah, I mean, they brought in HDCT over the weekend, so it looks like Falcinelli is going to straight-up jack his his role as well. I mean, Babacar has been been nasty, especially in the Europa League. I know Marco's a fan. Yeah, I mean, I think Bar- Babacar, I think Babacar has not done enough this season, and Fiorentina just looking for anything, mm-hmm. anything to get the, get the blood moving a little bit. And maybe a guy who knows how to rise up the table, um, who's been there before. Remember Falcinelli, the Dirty Rooster, um, was. That, yeah, no, nah, he was the driving force too of, of that big comeback. And another thing you got to think of for uh, uh, Babacar is if you look at the player salaries, he's the highest paid player on Fiorentina. Wow, well that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, yeah. dump that salary. But you know whether or not you think it's going to be good, I think Fauci. I mean, Fauci only scored 14 goals in the Serie A last year. That's a kind of a proven striker. Um, so I don't think it's all bad for for Fiorentina in this one. But the one thing you gotta say is Falcinelli. I mean he just he acts like he just became a made man. He wants to be there. He said if Fiorentina calls, you don't turn him down. That's right. And I'm like, eleventh place Fiorentina. When yeah. they call, you answer that phone. But look at his perspective, man. Going from Crotone to Sassuolo, I would take Fiorentina. That oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let me let me get in a in a in a in a in a big city that has lots of clout and so I can spend some of this this Skrilla and the fancy restaurants. I'm going to be skipping the line of the David Erde. Every time. That's right. <laughs>
So there you go. Some interesting news there with uh, the Sassuolo Fiorentina swap guys. And then Bologna, yeah, I didn't see that about Destro Donadoni. We'll see how that pans out. Just came out today. It's just it's fresh off the press. Good find. Good find. Last one, we go to Richard Whittles. The danger zone. That was the best thing about getting up at 6.30 was the man, the myth, the legend, Whittle Richard. Love to hear his voice. Call it the danger man. <laughs> All right, in the danger zone, we've got Spall taking on Cagliari. This one finished 2 nothing. Spall miss out in a glorious opportunity to make some strides in the relegation battle, losing to Cagliari. Marco, what do you got? Cagliari, bad, but not relegation bad this season, I think. Of the teams that are in the dangers, I think they're probably one of the better ones. And uh, Spall, I think they're having a little heartache here. I mean, they, they play a good game. They play good football every once in a while, but... You know, they got Milan and Napoli next two games, so let's not keep our hopes up here. Yeah, and you know who's the highest paid player at Spall? Me. Bored about Boriello? <laughs> it's Boriello. Yeah, that's rough. Boriello. No, he's Marco. Just, and, uh, uh, you know, I think that uh, if Boriello's hanging out in the pit of uh, naked, writhing men, women, and um, Philly uh, Super Bowl fans who tear down goalposts, um, I think that Spall thinks their money is going in a different pit. Yep. No, that's going to be interesting. Come on, Boriello. (laughs) Come on. Yeah, we need that punchline to continue a little bit longer. (laughs) Just let us string it out for one more season. (laughs) All right, guys. Well done. We had a lot of sporting action here this week because of the Super Bowl, so uh, we got through it. Well done on this uh, podcast. We're looking forward to Week 24 already. Guys, I got to say, there are some great games coming up this weekend. I'd have to say probably the highlight is going to be Napoli versus OTFR. Very interested in that one. We mentioned Fiorentina and Juventus. Any others you guys are looking forward to? Roma Benevento. Well, of course. God, I'd love to see a goal Crucial start. match. Two goals. If we get two goals. Two, yeah, two goals, that man. That would be great. I want to, you know what? I want a goal for each one of Marco's nipples. So if we could get six goals. <laughs> I actually have a third nipple. All right. Oh, really? Yeah. We'll save that for week 24 <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, guys, I'm also looking forward to Crotone and Atalanta. That just, Crotone, if they're streaking, we'll see if Atalanta can stop them. So that's another good one. We'll see Crit- if uh, BN shows that one, Chris. Crit- you want Crotone to be going through the quad to the gymnasium? You want him to be streaking? <laughs> All right. Bring your green hat. Yep. We're going to KFC. <laughs> okay, guys. Well done. Until week 24 is in the books. Ragazzi di Shamo. Arrivederci. Ciao. 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 Ciao.